Michelle Strickland. I have been fascinated with the unknown and paranormal realms since childhood. After a profound experience with my grandmother's spirit 20 years ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. Good evening, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Afterlife Chronicles right here on the WLTKDB network. You know the website, WLTKDB.com. Of course, I'm your host, Nicole Strickland. If you haven't followed us yet on our social medias, you can just use that handle, WLTKDB, and that will get you right to our channels. Of course, you can follow the Afterlife Chronicles on its Podbean page at afterlifechronicles.podbean.com, and of course, on its Facebook page at Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond. That's kind of a long handle. I don't know why I did that, but I did that. So I hope you're doing well tonight. Just a couple of announcements as usual. So my Ghost Education 101 lecture on paranormal research and investigation has been rescheduled to May Wednesday, May 11th on Facebook at 6 p.m. And then I have a couple of uh, fantastic author events coming up June 4th. If there are any listeners in the San Diego Escondido area, there's a Once Upon a Book Fair, which is going to be held at Grape Day Park in Escondido at 10 a.m. And then, of course, I'll be present, can't even talk tonight, presenting again at the Escondido Public Library on July 2nd for its Oceans of Possibilities program. So I bet you can guess what I will be talking about. Yes, yes, yes. RMS Queen Mary, Star of India, Berkeley Ferry Boat, and St. Augustine Lighthouse. Okay, enough about that. Let's get to tonight's show. We have a fantastic guest for you tonight. Ellie Molina, I've been talking with her. She's fantastic all around. Can't wait to hear her wisdom and expertise. Uh, just going to read this here, provided from her. Ellie Molina is paving the way with her research and background in education to teach children and their parents to trust their intuition and develop conscious awareness. She is creating cutting-edge programs that can harness the skills like remote viewing, telepathy, telekinesis, and others that can be applied to everyday life. So Ellie Molina, how are you doing? And thank you so much for joining me tonight. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. It's such a windy, windy night tonight here in New York. The wind is howling. The rain is pounding. It is just perfect for the energy and the atmosphere for this conversation. That is so perfect. I wish I could say San Diego, California was the same. You know, we're boring, sunny every day. Sometimes we get clouds. We get about three thunderstorms a year. But you know, I love rain and lightning and thunder. So I'm, I'm just going to pretend that that's what's happening here. <laughs> you might hear it. I'm just saying it might, yeah. it might get picked up. So that that's awesome. Yeah, I I love it. I love that type of weather. And so you're from New York, of course, too, which I love. Love New York State. Love the city. So it's great. So uh, just thank you so much for joining me tonight. I know this is generic, but I'm going to start out with it. So uh, if you can share a little bit about your background and how you got into all this amazing work, because you're teaching children and adults how to develop their intuition and their, and their psychic senses, which I think is amazing. 
Well, I was just, you know, thank you for asking. And again, thank you for having me here tonight. So I think this, I think as with most people who are involved in this realm, that it does begin very early in childhood as I was listening to your introduction. And my first mm -hmm. introduction came when I was probably around four years old where I started having visions. That was the mm -hmm. first thing. And I would see visions, um, apparitions. And then when I was five years old, I was sitting with my parents and we had this huge painting on our wall and it was quite secure and it fell down. And I looked at my father and I just announced, oh, Mr. Robertson, he was one of our neighbors. I said, oh, Mr. Robertson just passed away. And, you know, my parents kind of looked at me back. This is back in the day, you know, it was like no internet, right? So they're right, like, right. like, okay. And then they find out later that Mr. Robertson had passed away. Uh, approximately the same time that I made the announcement. So I still didn't make any connection to any of this like that. It was unusual. This was just normal. But then it was uh, when I was about six years old, we had a family friend and I really, really loved this woman. And she passed away. Mm -hmm. And I had a dream that she and I were walking together down the street and we were holding hands. And I looked at her. And of course, this is not the language of a six-year-old. Only I remember it being, I asked her, how come I can see you? And why do I see you? And then she responded, again, not in her, not in these words, but the dead walk among the living and only few can see us. Oh, and wow. Then it was just like, oh, wow. So I'm one of the, you know, I mean, I was like, okay, I'm one of the few that can see this. So I thought it was normal that everybody had these experiences. And then later on, you know how this goes, you learn that, oh, this is not the conversations that anybody has that are completely <laughs> normal. And um, I also remember that in kindergarten, when we, it was Halloween, I was insistent that my mother give buy me a uh, fortune telling costume. I needed to be a gypsy. And so it was, you know, like there were so many other costumes to have. I was the only gypsy. That's and cool though, I must say. <laughs> it was, <laughs> and I needed to be a gypsy. And then I was thinking about it recently and I just shared this on another podcast, but you know, my parents, now that I think, you know, who thinks about these things later, but back in the day when I was 10 and TV sets were in black and white and my father got me a TV set, we only had a few stations. So I would go to bed watching Alfred Hitchcock uh -huh. beyond the Twilight Zone. Yes. This was yes. My, my mental diet. So um, this was what I fed myself. And then another thing that happened when I was 12, my mom gave me Linda Goodman's sun signs threw kind of threw it at me and said, here, go read it. And then from that point on, I started learning how to read an ephemeris, start to do a chart, you know, it's like uh, playing telepathy. That was, these were the things that I entertained myself that is so awesome. I love it. I absolutely love it. And it's just, it's almost like you knew what your calling was almost before you knew in a way. Right. I, I really feel that it, this was just the way that it was supposed to be. And I, and I've always had really wild experiences and I just, 
you know, I always thought, Nicole, that this is totally, and I still do think that this is so normal. And I think that it's normal and that everybody has this. And I do believe that we do all have this, only that we're just not, some of us are better at it than others. And That's exactly my my belief too. Yeah, I think we're all tapped into it. Just some some people don't know how to tap into it, or maybe they're like, uh-uh, no, I'm not, I'm not even touching this. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's can you imagine if we all did though access and i mean it would just the world would be a better place in my opinion but oh absolutely then we we'd realize that we're all connected you know and that we're all yeah. part of a greater whole exactly right and that we're not just these individual people that we're thinking and fighting among each other you know that gets a whole other conversation only once we do realize that we're all connected and part of a larger thing then it's easier to have compassion and understanding for everyone because we're part of it. So Absolutely. I think empathy is is one of the greatest traits that any human can being can have. Um, empathy, sympathy, all of that. So psychic abilities. Okay. So, you know, we all have them. Some people can tap into them. Intuition, of course, in this. Some people uh, want or don't want to tap into them, but they do anyway. So in, in your work, how do you what do you teach people, kids and adults? What are the strategies that you use to help people develop these psychic abilities? So the first is, um, great question. The first is, of course, conversation. There's mm-hmm. got to be a conversation about the willingness to want to learn this. And once there's that willingness to want to learn it, then where I always begin is uh, a conversation of what's possible and what's not possible in terms of belief. Because if you believe that it's possible, then it will become possible. Right. If you don't believe it's possible, then let's not even continue the conversation because, you know. Um, what's the point, right? <laughs> it's all like, right. <laughs> Sorry. And so then the, the gateway for me, this is at least this is how I see it, especially as an adult, the gateway is through meditation. Yeah we've got to go back to meditating. We have to go back into that space where we're in the alpha brain, those slower brainwave state so that we are able to move monkey mind, move that lot, move that beta consciousness out of the way and allow for the messages to come through. So when I'm working with people, the first thing that we start with is learning how to meditate, learning how to quiet the mind. And then the second thing that I teach is managing expectations. Cause that's oh, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. A big one too, you know, because there's, if you, you know, you've done psychic work, you know how this works, you know, you get, there's always like that first hit it's called in my, in, I think it's named the lucky, the lucky hit, you know, the first time there's no, there's no filters, you know, so you pick up a deck of cards example, you know, and you have the deck of cards. I always use this deck with the children. All right. And go like that, you know, what's the card. And then there's that lucky hit where it's like, Oh, this is going to be the 10 of clubs or something. Oh, not four spades, but you know, there's that lucky hit. Yes. And um, everybody's like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can do this again. And so then they can't do it again. They have to go back and start practicing. Now, now the self-talk kicks in. So that's the second phase that I start teaching. What do we do with the self-talk? How do we, how do we move the gatekeeper out of the way so that we can start to access the consciousness? And it's a lot of practice, Nicole. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be really, 
I'm going to be really good at it. It's a one shot, you know, it's a dog and pony show or whatever. It is practice. I, yeah, I absolutely believe that. And I think some people, it might come a little bit more naturally than others. Uh, what about different learning modalities? Does that affect it too? And I mean, especially with working with kids, you know, because some, you know, some of us are more auditory, some of us are more visual. So I'm sure you accommodate for that. But do you find that that uh, kind of makes a difference too, depending on like each learning modality? It does. However, it really does make a difference. Um, but that's in a, that's a little, okay. So there are differences. Like when I'm doing an online program, there's not a lot of room for messages to come through, but then, right. they, then again, maybe they could get messages. That's not, you know, they get feelings, sensations. And I teach all of this, like, what are the impressions that you're getting? What do you hear? What do you feel? So all of that, you know, and so I'm going to, autocorrect here. Yes, that can come through. So for example, if the image, and I'm just going to make this up, if the image were to be a car, well, perhaps the person who's remote viewing, seeing without eyes, the child can hear the engine, can hear this. So they can start to get the images or the information that this might be a car. Now, of course, People who are familiar with the world of remote viewing know that we have to be very careful with something called the overlaying, the all right, that associative overlay, so that what may be a car may not be a car at all. It may be right. some sort of other vehicle. So the moment that we label it, we're yeah, it kind of loses its um, magic in that space. So, but that's a different conversation. But for the most part, you know, I have the kids look at it real simply. We have bullseyes and we have hits. And a bullseye is when you absolutely see the car, you get the color of the car, you get the tires, you get the background. You, it's a car and you know it's a car and you see it. And kids are great at really being able to see it that clearly. And then the, you know, hitting the, there's a hitting the target is getting the wheels and perhaps an outline, a shape of something that could look like a car. So that would be a hit. And then there are misses, which is nada, nothing. Okay. <laughs> so we right, just, right. Just keep practicing until we start to see things. It's a little bit of a, and then again, in the psychic realm, you may see an image that will then come up as the second image. That's so true, right. Now you're seeing, so there's, there are all these conversations that we have about it. So it's, it's not just like, okay, here's the box and it's going to be ABC, it's not black and white. You know, there's a lot of room in there for um, time and, oh, there's just a lot of room in there. Absolutely. And, you know, you touched on the, 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 I forget what you termed it, but the, when you held the deck of cards. Now, when that happens to me and I have that aha, it was, I guess, sensation or whatever that I know is correct, you, you just know it. It's like a, like a, a visceral feeling. Uh, I'm, you're teaching children to kind of be attuned with, I guess, what their emotions are, pretty much everything that's going on when they're correct, so they can get used to that feeling, mm -hmm. which is, which I'm not, I don't know if I'm making myself clear, but you know what I mean? So um, that, I think that's so important to, to teach this from a young age. And then I think fear too, fear is so limiting in so many aspects of life. What, what is your process to, to kind of, for both children and adults to 
teach about fear and how limiting that can be and when learning about developing intuition. Yeah, that's the conversation. That conversation has to happen. Okay. So that, you know, we met like again when I said we manage expectations. Mm -hmm. So then it's, you know, we get into looking good and fear of failure and just being open and allowing those emotions to go through and then pushing it to the side. And he said, I'm going to do it anyway. So, you know what, if I don't get it right, I don't get it right. But if I don't at least give it a chance, it's like no one sits down. Again, we, I use these same analogies. Nobody sits down to the piano and starts playing concert piano. Nobody does that. And we forget, Nicole, that even when we walked, right, when we learned how to walk, we took a step, we fell down, we got up, we tried to get, we didn't all of a sudden get up and walk across the room. Right. And people forget that. They they think that, oh, I'm going to start doing psychic work and it's going to come one, two, three, because now I'm going to do psychic work. And it's just like any other skill that we learn from painting to piano to writing. It takes time. It takes hours. It takes a lot of hours. Sure. Get it, get, you know, better at it than others. And it may come faster, but you know, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, some people think, oh, I come from a psychic family and it's all genetic and it's passed down and yada, yada. And I, I have the belief system that these are learned conversations also. And we could say, yeah, sure, it could be in the DNA, but it's also the conversation that is around the house that is learned. So that's the, you know, like I look at my own kids, you know, they've been listening to this conversation all their lives. So it's not something unusual for them. That's a good way of putting it. Cause I can, I can honestly say that my years in the paranormal, um, you know, being a paranormal researcher, investigator and afterlife researcher, I can just say the years of it being exposed to it has, has helped open my senses. Would they have opened like they are now if I hadn't delved in? I can't say. But that's so that's a, that's a really good point to make. I think on that note, we're going to take our first break. So you, of course, you're tuning into the Afterlife Chronicles. Our guest tonight is Ellie Molina, and we will be right back shortly. Stay tuned, guys. Diet Renee, Psychic Medium. All of us have questions about our lives, our loved ones, our futures. Diet Renee is here to help answer those difficult questions. Diet excels at working with spirit and is a certified psychic medium through LWISSD. She is a master teacher and well versed in the spirit world. Look, don't trust just any psychic with your deepest thoughts and worries. Trust Diet Renee as she will deliver her very best for you. General readings, past loved ones, finances, your future. Contact Diet now on her website, dietrene.com. That's dietrene.com.
20 minutes past the hour. Of course, you're tuning back into the Afterlife Chronicles right here on the WLTKDB network. That's WLTKDB.com. Of course, I'm your host, Nicole Strickland. Tonight's guest is Ellie Molina. She is a highly recognized educator, psychic medium, and the founder of PsyKids and Mind Power Consulting, teaching both kids and adults how to foster intuition and psychic awareness. So if you've missed the first part of the show, don't worry, it will be archived for you. So let's continue this discussion here about all of this because it's so fascinating. And I love the fact, and I probably said this like five times already, but I love the fact that you're working with kids because learning this at such a young age, can you imagine as an adult how they're going to be? I mean, if I had been taught from a young age, I mean, my goodness. And you, I want to get into a little bit that your PsyKids program and what that's all about. I find that so just amazing. Uh, thank you. Uh, so I started uh, as, uh, first of all, I've been a class, not anymore. I was a classroom teacher for 29 years. Wow. I taught middle school for most of those years. I also taught college and adult ed uh, for many years also. Uh, mostly college and then, but then I went to middle school. So the bulk of the career was in middle school. And during those middle school years, I, you know, I just started to notice that kids were telepathically connecting. Obviously I was attuned to this and recognizing it. And it, we would play, you know, sometimes it's boring in class. Okay. It's all the same thing. Yeah, yep. All yep. right. And so on Fridays, I started to create, I was teaching English language, and on Fridays, I would create uh, play days. So, of course, these were English language games that we would continue to play. Only what I started to find out was that kids were starting to telepathically connect to one another when we played these games. And so then I started to kind of sneak in there a little bit of... Um, I not memory, but if you had a card, like what's the card? Okay. And then the other person would like, um, you know, tell up, I guess, telepathic games. All right. But we were using language cards. So it's like, okay, what's the color? Like what's on this card? And then the kid would say, oh, it's a house. And then they turn it around. No, yeah, it was a house. So we would start playing games like this, um, you know, just, and then, I started introducing this, like we would do journal writing, then I would introduce the new moon wish lists, okay? And so we would write, new, whenever there was a new moon, we would write out new moon wish list. This is what I want. We fold over the paper in the journal, and then we'll come back and look at it. You know, obviously I have them for a year. So right, we'll come back right. and look at the wish lists a few months later. And then the kids were always like, oh my God, this came true. This came true. Yeah, well, now we can talk about manifesting and using that kind using your mind in a different way so that you are in control of what's going on or you have you're co-creating what's going on and so one thing started to lead to another and then um by the time that 2005 came along with the secret it's like okay now i'm going to start really teaching this and i started teaching it and um then after i left school, public school and private school, I decided that it was time to create what I call the Psy Kids Academy. And this is a place where children and their adults can come and have those conversations. You know, I do work, um, I work with teens 
this is a little bit of a, an aside, but yet it's part of the program. So I have something called quantum leaping for teens. I teach quantum leaping for adults. This is a different, you know, get what you want, part the seas, use your mind powers to create reality, co-create reality. So I work with teens so that they can co-create the realities that they want. And they have amazing experiences. Now, these kids, the ones that I'm working with come to me, usually they want to break into acting. And so... They are, you know, their parents have to take them to acting classes. You know, there's got to be there where there's, you, you know, you got to have some skills to act. Okay. It's not just right. random. Oh, I want to be an actor and I don't know how to act. And then you come, you hire me to do mind power. Um, yes. But at the same time, they also have to take some acting lessons and, um, you know, start going to auditions. So the kids that I've worked with are, they've all been successful. And um, anyway, so that is part of the SciKids Academy. And then there's another part of the SciKids Academy, which is where I actually teach remote viewing, telepathy, telekinesis to parents and their to kids and their parents. It's got to go together. It has to, it's a family dynamic situation. Yeah, right. it, absolutely. And when, when you have parents that are involved in that, that their, their skills are just going to be fostered you know, through the roof. Do you find that there's a difference between uh, females and males in terms of uh, development of these abilities or uh, certain ages that may develop these abilities sooner than others? Or is it pretty much all over the board? It, it really depends on the child. So I like to start working with kids, believe it or not, at age three when they can, but not for developing psychic ability because some of them are not that verbal. But what I teach kids at age three, when somebody comes with a three-year-old and they start, we I teach them to focus and tuck away their body because now this is the beginning of emotional intelligence. This is the right. beginning of learning to control. If you're three years old, and you can sit still and stare at an object for 10 seconds, 15 seconds. By the time you get to, you know, by the time you get to be a little bit older, you're going to have mastery over your body. You can master your body. You can start to master your mind. So this is where I like to begin with children when they're younger like that so that we can learn it. But I mean, again, if you bring a six or a seven-year-old or a nine-year-old, it's just, you know, the cognitive abilities are there. So, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to not fidget. You'll sit and you won't fidget. So it takes a little bit longer maybe to practice, but you know what? They got it. They can do it. And Nicole, amazing things happen to us, adults alike, when we can sit quietly, still, without moving our body, watching our thoughts, going into that trans space, realms open up. That is an amazing place to go as an adult, as a kid. The And to be able to do it for 40 minutes to an hour, uh, there's no time. The world opens up. There are things, messages that come, experiences. Uh, it's 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 a it's, I don't have words for it. Okay. Yeah. No, I know. I understand. It's hard. Own experience. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, even for me, sometimes it's hard for me to quiet the thoughts that are, I mean, I'm a constant thinker. Thoughts are constantly coming in. And I think that's the case with many people. So, you know, teaching this at a young age, you know, to, to regulate all of that, I think is so important. 
What about uh, children that might have, uh, let's say, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or mm -hmm. autism? You do you work with those students as yeah. well? I and do. so, what what would your teaching process entail for students like that? Well, it's the same. It's same. actually the same. It's the same. The same process. Now, what I've uh, what I've learned, and I do add some other activities for autism. And what I have learned, though, during the course of doing this work is that children with attention deficit learn to focus because they learn to tuck away their body. So now they're not, they're not taught and reprimand. They're not reprimanded for not being able to sit still and not, mm -hmm. okay, like, oh, sit still, focus, concentrate. Right. Well, what does that mean? We don't even, we're not taught how to focus. Exactly. So one of the exercises that I do immediately in my program is to teach people how to distinguish between the difference of the mind and awareness and conscious awareness and focus. And that is my, one of my first lessons. And that's for adults and children. And then once we learn how to consciously direct our awareness to where it needs to go, because that's a lot of words, but then I show kids what it that looks like, then it becomes easier for children with ADD, ADHD to, to I call it tucking away their body, to tuck like away that. their body so that they are no longer, they're controlling their body. It's control. And they learn that they can control it. It's not that they can't control their body. They're just not taught how to control their body. It's a skill. So they control their body, and then they have the most amazing experiences also. Autistic children have excelled in this realm of the psychic. Uh, I, I was just, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it was Nancy Ann Tapp that said, you know, rephrased or reworded the, the word in awe, A-W-E, autistic, which I thought was so cool. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it really goes to show, and, and sadly, I mean, it's it's an overdiagnosed, this is a whole different discussion, it's an overdiagnosed uh, situation, but I agree with you. Can because, I Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. I, I've worked with kids myself in classrooms and as a school counselor, and I, I can see where they're in touch, you know, so, but yes, absolutely. No, I'd like to share a story. Yes, go, go I ahead. Was, I was doing, this is back when I lived in Washington State, I was doing a live um, workshop with children and their parents. And I had a little boy and the mom came up to me and she said, you know, he's autistic. She wanted me to know. Now I, I wouldn't tell looking at him. I mean, he's not have a sign across saying he's, you know, so we, okay, fine. So we, I usually work with what I call my big treasure chest. I have this awesome real treasure chest nice. of a kind like from, but not that big, but a, a really cool treasure chest. So the kids love it. And in the treasure chest, I usually put an object and then I work, I walk them through the steps of going with their conscious awareness and going to see the object and drawing what it is without labeling what it is. Anyway, the kid um, drew an object. He drew a coin and it was like, okay, well, it was a very intricate, intricate drawing. And as soon as I opened up the treasure chest and I looked, there was a coin in there, but the oh, coin- wow. The coin, here's the catch on this one. The coin, the front of the coin was pretty bland. When I turned it over, 
the back of the coin blew me away. It was so intricate and it matched the image that he saw. And so everybody, his mom was, you know, pretty much freaking out at the same time. I'm sorry that I didn't save that image now back. It was like 10 years ago, but it was like, oh, gee, I wish I had had that image now. Um, but that was an experience that where I just looked at it first. I myself looked at it and said, oh, all right, well, he didn't really get it. And then I turn it over and it's like, holy moly. All right. Not only did he get it, he got it into the, he got the details of that coin. Everybody that's that's incredible. That is, I mean, whoa. I mean, I'm sure everyone in that room that, you know, the goosebumps come out and all of that. First time, Nicole, first time, never been exposed to this work before at all. And, and how old was he again? Uh, he was about seven years old. Oh, so, okay. I was thinking maybe like six or seven. That, that's truly amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's absolutely amazing. And I, I wanted to bring up a point too. all of this, what, what you're, you're, you're teaching kids is, I mean, undoubtedly, I'm sure is going to improve academia. So I'm sure there's that, that correlation with that as well. So I, let's get toward uh, compassion and learning self-esteem. If you were, let's say doing a presentation and to a group of people all about, okay, developing these psi abilities, psychic abilities and, and how they create compassion, they create this high level of self-esteem, confidence, all of that what would be some of the take-home points that your audience would want to know about that? How the, this is in my opinion, how does this phenomena translate or transfer into everyday use? Like mm -hmm. what would that be? Okay. So what's the point of me being able to know what card this is? Okay. Psychically besides, you know, becoming, uh, you know, a mentalist or something. Right. But seriously, the idea, like when, when I was teaching, when we would teach blindfolded archery, when we would teach telepathy, telekinesis, you know, telekinesis is a whole other ball game, but right, right. all of these other tools, remote viewing, these skills, something happens in the body. Okay, there is a physical response to being able to do this. It is that knowingness. Oh, my God, I got it right. I did it. I saw. Look how powerful I am. If I, we make the connection between that and then quantum physics, if you mm -hmm. can do that, then why are you going to be afraid that you don't have the answers to the test? Why are you going to be afraid to speak up to an adult who's telling you that what you're doing is wrong, okay, when you know intuitively that it is not wrong? Why will you not, then later on, why won't you go for that interview? You know, you, you know that. You know about fear. You know how the mind works. You know that the universe is malleable. You know this. So mm -hmm. these are that are transferable and the kids that I've worked with are they've really uh, you know they're older I've got a bunch that I followed that are in their 20s and they're very you know you could say well they're average you know these are things but they come from a different space all right they bring different things with them they create their day they're intentional about what it is that they're doing yeah they went to college they have degrees they've got great jobs so do a lot of other people you can argue yes but these people are also very intentional about the knowingness that they have within them intent is manifesting intent it's all about intention right intention mm -hmm. mind body and spirit connecting i like the the fact that 
you can obviously correlate it to all different aspects of life, which is is so amazingly important. And you follow a lot of what I was going to ask you that earlier. I'm like, do you keep in touch with a lot of your mm -hmm. students, which mm -hmm. is great. So um, one question I forgot to ask earlier, I'm going to ask it. So with remote viewing and, and, and telekinesis and, and all of that is, do you find uh, children and even, even adults as well grasp on to, let's say, remote viewing a little bit quicker than uh, telekinesis or vice versa? Do you find that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, remote viewing is remote viewing and telepathy are the easiest. And that's probably why yeah. they're taught the most. Okay. Right, right. Um, exactly. Moving into, I'm just going to like moving into, I'm going to make some noise here. During COVID, I started spoon bending. Okay. So I have a couple of spoons over here. Is like one of <laughs> I love it. So I finally pulled out the collection, you know, these guys and this, and then I graduated. I don't have a fork here, but anyway, bottom line is during COVID, I started spoon bending and spoon bending led to telekinesis. Now I've only worked with three children in my entire life that have moved an object. It wow. takes, That's first of all, it, now, it takes, oh, Nicole, it takes such focus. It takes concentration. It takes this this belief that you can do it. I mean, so the conversations have to start first, that this is possible. And we build on that neural net that this is possible. Other people have done it. You can do it too. And so the kids were using dominoes and, you know, they use their hands, but not, not, you know, no one's touching the table. And you take your hands kind of like in Reiki, right? And you move the energy through your hands and that will then move the domino. It, the energy comes, it radiates from your hands or that's what I'm thinking. It comes from, I'm not a quantum physicist on, and I'm just assuming that that energy comes. But the kids that had done it, they sat without moving for over 20 minutes because I was behind them watching. And, you know, and we didn't record it. And one of the moms didn't want her kid to even, she didn't even want anyone to know that he did this. She was afraid, you know, she didn't want any notoriety. She didn't want any expectations. It was just like, we don't want him to do. And the interesting thing was that he was on the spectrum also. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, and then the other two girls one was really young and you know it was just like she had no expectations whatsoever she didn't even know what she was doing okay so it's like okay i'm gonna sit like this i'm gonna do this and then plop okay and then the other one sat there for a very long time i would say over maybe 20 25 minutes also before and but she was determined because the other guy had done it does that make sense like yeah, yeah absolutely it sure like, there was a little bit of competition was going on he did it I'm going to do it too. Okay. And so those are the only three children that I've ever seen. Now with adults, I know that we work with a spiral and we take a glass, we have a spiral and we put the spiral into the glass and then we use energy. So is that it's telekinesis? You know what I mean? It's not really like mine staring at it and it's going to spin. Yes, it is connected to the hands. It is energy moving through and then the objects will spin. Um, but I had a friend who got so good at it that she'd be able to do this even in front of other people. She was trained by a woman from the Soviet, from uh, Russia. And she would be able to take her finger, Nicole, and go like this. 
just like that on top of the spiral. And then the spiral would start twirling. She didn't. Oh my goodness. That it was that she was that good. Mm -hmm. That, Oh my gosh. You know, I've actually tried to do this and I, I have not yet, but then again, I don't think I sat with it long enough, but it does take that where you just have to be in your space. Meditation is so important in with regarding meditation too. I should have asked this earlier. Do you find, I mean, obviously adult, there's maybe a different process for adults than kids, but what's a simple a little meditation technique that you, that you teach kids. Now it might be different for different age groups, but just general speaking, generally speaking. Um, the first time I, I use a, I use, um, I call it the, it's the three, two, one countdown method from hypnosis. Oh, okay. And what I do is the first time around the first time that I work with kids, let's say in a program or people that I'm going to be working with, or even when I'm doing an online program, the first time I run them through an entire pretty much hypnosis session mm -hmm. where we, I put them into hypnosis, like a three, two, one. Yeah. I'll put the fingers together, right. Anchor that. And then I go through a hypnosis process with them. It takes about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And then I program them during the hypnosis process that in the future, we're going to put our fingers together and we're going to practice a three, two, one countdown to get into the alpha state. So then we practice again. It's practice, practice, right. practice. So that by the time, you know, can everybody do this immediately the first time? No, it's practice. So these people come to me. It's not a one shot pony time. You know, this is not a one shot. <laughs> trick, all right. Right, right. By the time that we do have our sessions and we're coming in there practicing, you can, I can get to, I can drop into an alpha with a three, two, one, drop into alpha just like that. But that's programming and practice. Exactly. This is also, I mean, fascinating. It's, oh my gosh. I mean, there, I mean, I would love to have you back on again because I'm thinking in my head, you know, there's so many different avenues we can go down. Let's take our uh, second break. We're a couple of minutes early, but that's fine. Let's take our second break. You're tuning into the Afterlife Chronicles. Of course, tonight's guest is Ellie Molina, and we will be right back. A certified spiritual life coach, animal communicator, past life regression, and a psychic medium. This is Charlie Lynn. Charlie Lynn and Chat with Charlie work with you to bring communication and understanding from spirit to those looking to gain insight. Charlie Lynn's spiritual journey has brought her to you, so take advantage and contact Charlie Lynn today. Book a reading, indulge in some Reiki work, or take the next step in your life with some spiritual life coaching. No matter, Charlie Lynn is here to help you. Search Chat with Charlie on Facebook. That's Chat with Charlie on Facebook.
44 minutes past the hour. You're tuning back into the Afterlife Chronicles again right here on the WLTKDB network. That's WLTKDB.com. And tonight's guest is Ellie Molina. She's a former university adjunct, uh, holds a master's degree in linguistics from NYU, New York University, uh, co-founded a private school for children founder of SciKids and MindPower Consulting. We, uh, during the second part of the show, we were talking a lot about her SciKids program. Of course, if you've missed that part of the show or the show thus far, it will be archived for you. So we have about 15, eh, about 15 minutes left. I want to get into emotional intelligence and where this falls into all of this, because a lot of people don't realize how important emotional intelligence is and there's different aspects of it so if you again what are some of the take-home points that you would want people to know about emotional intelligence and how that fits into all of this well in order to do the work that we're doing in the psychic realm or with anything that one practices over long periods of time, we have to develop patience and we have to mm-hmm. develop awareness and we have to have conversations about controlling and understanding emotions. And then um, one of the things that I do, I also teach kids different emotions. We actually talk about the emotions. We feel the emotions. And then when I used to be in the classroom with this in the private school, we used to make these big characters on the wall. And then these kids of themselves, right? They would make characters of themselves. And then if they were upset, they would write on there, okay, I'm angry or something. And then we would learn to identify these different emotions. And then we would learn to control them and rework them. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to control my anger. Yeah, I'm going to redirect my anger. I'm going to allow it to come through my body. And I'm going to, because how are you going to control your anger? Okay. I mean, you're not going to throw things. Okay. But your anger has to run through your body. It's got to go through your body. Only where you go with it, I, we respond rather than we react. And so we have these conversations in the classroom. And I even have some of these conversations outlined in my book because they were just so great. I had to write them down. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You know, like these, because they're the same conversations, no matter, oh, he doesn't like me. He doesn't want to be my friend. Okay. This was like in elementary school. She doesn't like me. She knocked over all my blocks. Why did she do that? So, you know, we take it, we dissect it. Well, why did she knock over your blocks? She was frustrated. Why was she frustrated? Well, you interrupted her. She asked you not to play in her space. Mm -hmm. Can you give her that? Can you respect that? You know, anyway, these little conversations, Nicole, they take about three minutes. We step in, we make them under, we may, we have children understand what's really going on in their bodies and in their minds at that moment. And then they can come away with, oh, wow, I don't have to be like that. I can, I can speak what I want to say. And I don't have to shove all her blocks away on the floor. I could just say, um, I'm angry that you don't want to play with me. This is so, I mean, I've probably said the word important like 10 times tonight, maybe even more, who knows. But in, in, in the school system, you know, when I've taught preschool, uh, elementary, middle, even high school, and even as a school counselor, 
you know, these, these children are taught academics, 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 and you might, you know, infuse an anti-bullying program here or, or this there, but teaching in this and allowing kids to get in touch with their emotions and, 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 and to control these emotions, not necessarily control, but uh, responding to this is so important. And it, it's sad because I've seen so many kids in school just be mean to each other and there's bullying here and then all there's all of this there's not enough of educating on on emotions and how and how that not only affects yourself but affects other people and that schools need to do that because emotion having that emotional intelligence and there's of course different parts of it is undoubtedly going to affect every aspect of your life so this is like super 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 like mandatory i wish schools would have more even in just the classrooms that the teachers would spend even if it's like five or ten minutes a day talking about that and giving examples like what you just shared and and here's the and i don't want to go political on this all right but this right right is one of the problems that i encountered in the educational system not just in new york in washington state public public and Private, not so much, but mostly public education is that the teachers are not trained. So That's true. Mm-hmm. how are the teachers trained? They're trained the way that we were trained when we went. It's like same thing. Like, how do you parent? You parent the way your parents parent. Right, you right. Know, books and take mindfulness courses now or something. But for the most part, the teachers teach. It's all punitive. You just mm-hmm. don't, you know, Johnny doesn't sit down. So we either put him on meds or we send him out of the room. Exactly. Exactly. But, but does anybody ask Johnny, why is he acting out? Mm-hmm. Does anybody mm-hmm. get in there? You know, I had, um, and this is just, you know, I used to teach in New York City, right? Some of the kids came from shelters. They, yeah, came, they came from shelters. They came to the classroom. And then we expected them, they had other worries. They were wondering like, where am I going to sleep tonight? How am I going to get home? How am I going to get to the shelter? Is my mom still going to be there? Uh, Where am I going to get my clothes cleaned? They had very different concerns than um, like, let's read this book right now. And And sometimes they would act out and then we would have that discussion, like what's going on over here. And then they would cry and, but they need someone to listen for that moment. And it doesn't take a lot of time, you know, but we're under, again, we're under this. You got to teach to the test. You can't, exactly. you can't become emotionally involved with these children. You can't have that connection. Well, what are we supposed to do with them? Just medicate them. Hey, all right. This is and there's not enough family uh, instruction in this as well because you can only do so much right. when you're there for those seven hours. But then when that child goes home, if right. there's not that uh, you know reciprocation there at home, then you know it's 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 truly right. sad. It's and in in middle school you only get the kid for an hour anyway, or something right. like that, and then you have all at least I had, you know, we'd have classes for an hour, hour and a half or something like that. And then it'd be next, 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 see them the next day. And I had, I just want to share one story because I thought this was really interesting. I went in later on to, as a substitute. And when I came into the classroom, the teacher was going to a meeting. So can you hear the rain? So, yes, I thought I was like, what was that? That's so cool. I heard the wind earlier too. It was so nice. It was howling. Like, All right, that's great. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it too. So she came into the room and she said, she put this kid in front and I was substituting. And she said, this boy does not behave. He's disruptive. Do not let him um, control you. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, right in front of him. She said that, of course. Oh, okay. no. And, no. and not only that, no, I'm thinking to myself, you know, like, I have to, be, I got to be honest. Okay. My ego kicked in. All right. Cause I was <laughs> in Washington state and I was in the suburbs and I'm thinking lady, you've never taught New York city. Okay. <laughs> you don't know what trouble is. All right. Mm -hmm. so, so then later on, he was very kind and very sweet and very wonderful. And, and I asked him, I said, you know, what's going on? Why are you, why are you um, like getting all these, unhappy unhappy faces on your paper, like from your teacher, what's going on? And then he said, well, she doesn't listen to me. When I tell no, her I don't right. want to do something, she yells at me and tells me I have to do it. And I said like, okay, what do you mean? Because, well, I have a lady that I'm supposed, a teacher that I work with, and sometimes I want to do the work on my own and no one lets me. So I get angry and I get frustrated. And I was like, okay, all right. So, Right there, it was like, well, maybe if somebody let him at least sit by himself and, and do the work on his own, give him that space mm -hmm. to allow him to work on his own rather than in, keep him in a space of frustration that nobody listens to. And so we had a great day. He asked me to come back. I said, I'm sorry, but I wish I could. Oh, wow. That's yeah. I bet he wanted you back. Oh my gosh. Yeah. These, this is, this is one of many stories one like this many. and it's, it's, it's truly sad. Uh, there's definitely, there definitely needs to be more, a lot more training with um, teachers and everything. And of course, again, extending into the family dynamic and all of that. And then you can argue, you know, bring in the whole social media aspect and how that plays into it. That's a whole different discussion. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the time. We have about five minutes left. I do want to leave some time because you have books, which is, I, I can't wait to read. So share about your books and, and where to get them, uh, you know, and all of that. So. Okay. Thank you. So I have three books. One's a Kindle dream interpretation book. And you just go to, that's okay. easy. All right. Nice. That's, just, that's like a 99 cent Kindle Amazon thing. But the other two books, um, I have a picture book. It's called Annabelle and the Domino. And that is based on a true story of a young girl who was six years old who moved the domino with her mind. And the most outrageous thing happened. This is a little quick story. I just got a photo this uh, today of a real girl named Annabelle, who's also six years old and toothless. So she's reading my, she's reading my book. And so the parents, the sent the photo. So I'm going to see if I can get that picture, you know, put onto my website this week. Oh yeah. Oh, that's great. And so Annabelle and the Domino is only available on my website because Amazon is not selling it any longer. And, um, well, it's a long story. And oh, yeah, then, no. um, I was like, well, oh, I wonder why, because that's, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Nah. And then children who know how to know now that is, that's available. That's a resource guide for adults and for um, it's really for adults. 
anybody who wants to teach themselves, it's an easy seven, easy, easy read, uh, seven chapters. It's about developing intuition, language, mindfulness, intuitive heart, and beyond. There's even telekinesis and out of body at the end um, and what lies or seeing auras. And it's an easy read and it's got exercises in there for children to do or for the child in us. Adults mm -hmm. can absolutely also. And that's on Amazon. And then I do have, I have a free guide on my website, which is called, um, it's called Tap Into Your Child's Inner Magic. And oh, I love that. These are uh, six ways for an, a person to tap into their own inner magic. You don't have to be a kid. All right. You can tap into your own inner magic. There's kids and all of us adults. So, That's you know. right. And if you have children, these are activities that you can do with your child. The friendly focus activity that I was talking about is in there. And this is a free guide. It's in the what if section of the Psy Kids and, um, yeah, I think I covered it all right there. That's that's amazing. I love the the titles of the books, and I uh, can't wait to have them on my bookshelf, of course. Uh, and I like how you know they they can be addressed for both children and adults as well. So, and then your websites, of course, elliemalina.com and then psi psi-kids.com. I've been to both of them. They're fantastic websites, very beautifully designed as well. Any events coming up that you want to promote or share? Um, there will be a live free workshop on mm. April 27th. It's going to be an hour and um, registration is not there, but anybody who gets onto my email list or, you know, will then um, have that opportunity to join us live. It's going to be a fun, a fun workshop. We're going to do uh, telepathy. We're going to do remote viewing. We're going to bring that fun back. We might even learn how to shoot some fireballs. Okay. Mm. Um, Dragon Ball Z style. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> and what date is that again? It will be um, April 27th. April 27th. Okay. 6 p.m. Eastern time. And um, 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 and all the information will be on the website soon. Oh, that's I'm oh, I want to register for that. That's amazing. And that's then uh, Ellie Molina, E L L Y M O L I N A. So EllieMolina.com and then Psy, P S I hyphen kids.com. Again, both amazing okay. websites, beautifully designed. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. I learned a lot. I love doing these shows because you get to network with people. And you get, you know, you learn so much, you learn from people. So I'd love to have you back on because there's so many different avenues we can take for discussion. So if you're interesting, interesting, if you can, if you're interested, we can schedule that for sure. Um, I would love to be back, Nicole. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, like I said, there's so much more to talk about. It's like, I feel like we just touched the tip of the iceberg, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So again, thank you so much. Stay safe with the, with the storm. Hopefully it's not going <laughs> to be too bad. And then, of course, we'll get you back on, back on soon in the next few months. Let me just pull up my calendar here. Next week I have, I'm in April. Let's see here. Kimberly McGeorge on the 14th. And then uh, Joey and Tanya Medias. Medea, excuse me, not Medeas, Medea on the 21st. And then let's see, Rosemary Thornton is on the 28th of April. So lots of great guests coming up again. Thank you to, for, to tonight's guest. You've been wonderful. I learned a lot. We'll get you back on soon. Again, stay safe with that storm. And uh, as always, I like to sometimes I end with this and sometimes I don't, but I will tonight. 
here at the Afterlife Chronicles, we are bridging the gap between the afterlife and mortality, one experience at a time. Have a great weekend, guys, and we'll see you next week. All right. Good night. Good night.